What is up, everybody? Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muck and Hearn across from me right now. Jim, uh, you wear your hair every day. I wear uh, I wear a hat every day. Ryan, you wear your hair and uh, you comb it. I don't. <laughs> you certainly do. I would bet you your home and all of its contents that I do not run a comb through my hair. No, you can tell it's not. It's not finely uh, separated enough. It's more. It's more coarse separation. I'll take your that truck too. Naturally, you want his truck? Yeah, it'd be good sale fodder. So you're trying yeah, to tell true. me you Toyota just do tax. that with your hands? That's correct. Well, not only do I not even own a. I don't own a comb. I'm gonna ruin the intro. I know you kind of ruined my intro. Well, Mark, God, that's what I do today. That's what I do. Ryan's got a little bit of a tood today. Little dude, you should have seen him earlier. He's a little spicy, but that uh, none of that matters because we're talking about a topic that might not seem super important. Oh, it's it incredibly is. important. We got a bunch of stocks on the table. Uh, I was gonna bring up comb height with with your hair, Ryan, but you're, it's not combed. Not combed. Uh, but we have one, two, three, four, five rifle stocks. On the table, all with varying comb heights and styles. Yes. Uh, some subtly different, some dramatically different. I'd say each one maybe, you know, with a intended application, some crossover. Uh, there's, some, there's a little bit of redundancy on the table right now. A little bit of redundancy on the table. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's a nice stock in the let's, gym. Let's talk comb height, Ryan. It's a nice stock, Ryan. That's, why is it important? It's, it's nice. That's all I'll say. It's a nice stock. That's a nice stock, Ryan. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, why is comb height important? Well, uh, I want to talk about archery for a second because this is a um, a comparison that I think a lot of people, if you shoot archery, can identify with. And and there's a um, there's two parts to this. I'm going to air my grievances right now. Mm. Anybody listening that works for a modern firearms manufacturer, please. Start include or start to include proper heighted combs on our bolt action rifles that we equip with telescopic weapon sights. We're living in the past. For the love of God, it's it's been a while now. Yes, and for those manufacturers that are coming to the table with factory adjustable options, I applaud you. Mm-hmm. Um, you. I handled a Savage uh, One Ten Classic two weeks ago in the shop. That had a length of pull adjust and a comb height adjust integral to the stock, which was made of wood. And it was beautiful. That was one of the smartest stock designs I've seen in a while. That was designed by somebody who appreciated the way that the entire firearm and optic package functions. Yes. And wanted it to perform to its maximum potential. And and on James's note there, um, a lot of the calls and emails and inquiries and chats that I, I get and, and uh, my teammates get on a daily basis. The woes are surrounding rifle fitment in that if your rifle doesn't fit, you believe an issue may be present within the optic itself. And in fact, the entire thing is based around rifle fit. Mm-hmm. And Which so... Sounds... I. How many times do you bring that up to people and they're kind of like, no. Nah. Daily. Right. It's like, 
Because when you say, oh, it's not the optics problem, it's the way that the gun is fit to you. They're like, oh, come on. What do yeah. you, what, you know, I ordered a medium and I was supposed to order a large. Like, that's not how it works. There's one gun. Make yeah. it work. And and that is the unfortunate uh, position that we as consumers have been put into for too long because calm heights aren't correct. What, um, I wanted to get back to the archery thing here. The... Oh, oh, Jim, nice. The archery market and people who use archery vertical bows um, would understand this. Your draw length, your peep location, how your sight is positioned, aligned, um, even your your riser and how your grip feels, fits, and contacts your hand. All of that is hugely, immensely important to the success of the archer and the archery shot, right? Yes, and it's specific to the person. To the individual. Mm -hmm. The archer who knows his or her bow should be able to pull that bow back with their eyes closed, bring it to anchor, wherever that may be on their body, open their eyes and be looking right down the peep at their pins, right? That should be an expectation. That's a well-laid-out, well-fit bow. And that's extremely important. Tremendous, right? We have not put enough precedence on that in the rifle side of things or the shotgun side of things. And this is this initially was going to be a uh, shotgun and rifle talk, but we're just going to focus on rifles for the time being. Um, fitment <laughs> is maybe we're going to focus on other things. Did, no, no. Did the mic pick that up? I don't know if the mic picked that up, but you got some demons coming out of you. Well, they're not. They're not uh, out yet. My stomach just made a noise. <laughs> oh. I see. Jim found it alarming. I, I thought I said something. No, it just no. It started, okay. and I heard it, and then it kept going, and then I was like, wow. All I right. can only imagine that was the sound like when the Titanic was sinking. <laughs> you know? It's not where I thought you were going with this. <laughs> I, and listen to me. Damn it, I am on a rant right now. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> so anyway... Comb height is one of those things. We're not even going to talk about length of pole. We're not going to talk nope. about cast. We're not going to top, talk about anything other than comb height right now. Mm. Um, so when we're referring to the comb, I have in front of me here an right. AG Composites Privateer stock. This is one of the lightest, finest carbon fiber stocks made, in my opinion. Um, the comb is this part of the rifle stock, for those of you watching on uh, the streaming services Part here. where you put your cheek. Yeah. And for those of you not, like Jim said, right where your cheek index is on the top of the stock. Um, so that's behind the, the grip and the wrist of the rifle forward of the butt, right? So your cheek goes here. Um, your comb height is going to dictate where your eyeball is positioned relative to the center line of your optic. And that that's about it, right? It does other things too, right? It helps with alignment of other things and helps sometimes maybe subjectively mitigating recoil or displacing recoil for the shooter. Um, but comb height, you could call it neutral or standard on a stock like this AG or this Manners here, where there's no additional loft bump or otherwise to that, that comb. Okay. They look, they look just kind of flat. Now I'll say, and I believe this to be the case with both of these, Ryan, but it's still, even though I would consider this like a sporter style, it's still flatter than some. Like as far as like there's less drop to this than maybe what you might see on, yes. you know, a different sporter stock. Right. Where so, and that's why I call them 
pretty much neutral or okay. flat. So yeah. if we had drop, and everything will to a degree have drop, you can look at drop as a, um, a negative or a positive, right? So you could have a, a reverse drop comb where it actually slopes uh, toward the wrist of the stock uh, up at the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could have just regular drop going from the comb uh, to the heel of the stock as well. These are pretty neutral and pretty flat. Right. Um, some stocks, and I see this less and less, have defined and distinct drop at the comb, right? So mm-hmm. from, from I think it's called the faces up top, all the way back to the heel, it would be a downward slope. That's I something th- I picture with like really old wood stock, like some lever guns yep. and some muskets yeah. and stuff like yep. that. And a lot of sporter shotguns. Mm. Yeah. And there's a whole other uh, discussion on fitment there. But as lovely as this stock is, and I have a whole bunch of these myself, I think I have four or five, not a one of them fits. So when I, by, by that I mean when I get into this gun, I shoulder it and I index my cheek against the comb. If I do it with my eyes closed and I shoulder up and I open my eyes, I'm looking underneath my stock. As low profile receiver of guns, your scope. you're like or, looking yes, at like you're me. looking at the back of your bolt or you're looking yes. at the middle of a ring. Correct. Not through the eyepiece. So what, what that forces me to do is lift or periscope my head up to get into the eyepiece of the optic, which is well and good when you're in a pretty easy, controlled environment in a position that, that doesn't feel compromising in. When you're in a tight spot or you've got to do some fun leaning and you're sitting there periscoping and you're using musculature to hold your head up while you're trying to look through the scope, it can fatigue you and it can be frustrating. You'll notice that the eye box of your rifle scope might be hard to get into the middle of. Um, and it just drives me bananas. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. We talk about it all the time, or you know, our instructors talk about. It. I act like I'm one of the instructors, which I'm not. But in long range class, uh, trying to mitigate as much muscle tension as possible when you're executing a shot with with any level of precision. Which I can't think of a time where we're shooting where we really don't care about precision, unless it's like you know shooting over a wall AK style. Yeah, you know what I mean. In yeah. that case, but, uh, <laughs> I like how that's stuck. Just to the like, that's what you do with AKs. It is, yeah. but uh, you're hoping muscle for tension. precision there. You, what you're hoping, yes, muscle tension equals no bueno. You want to be in a relaxed state where you're not having to use muscle in order to put the sights on target, uh, because then you're only going to sort of ruin things like natural point of aim and cause your body to um, do some potentially funny things just as you're pulling the trigger, mm-hmm. and dealing with recoil, uh, which can throw your shot off. Yeah. Now, I'll say there are advantages to this, at least I think as well. Like, this is generally a very lightweight, handy, uh, easy-to-carry stock design. Yes? Yes. This one's pretty lightweight, Mark. It's lightweight as well, yeah. Not as is this one, though. The Oh, you. Um. If you like a sporter style stock, which is my general preference, so stock of like minimal dimensions, right? There's not a whole bunch of extra gadgetry on it. More often than not, they're going to come with that kind of neutral or flat comb. There's mm-hmm. not going to be a lot of bump up, and part of it is weight savings. But it's, you know what? You know what wouldn't hurt? Give me an extra three eighths of an inch. Okay, I'll take the ounce penalty. I agree. I'll take the ounce penalty. I agree. If that. And it does kind of force you in my opinion, yeah. into like a particular ring base mounting solution that is going to optimize getting that optic, you know, as low as possible. Yes. 
Well, and a lot. I think a lot of times people are asking, I got to get that optic as low as possible. And they think for maybe a number of reasons. But, like, you know, then they're trying to stick a, a dollar bill between the objective bell and the barrel. And yeah. it's like, what what are we doing here? Like, you can just get, you can go with, if you have a, an appropriate comb height, you wind up being able to just go with, like, a medium set of rings, mm-hmm. have a little bit of offset, not have to worry about, you know, can I fit a piece of paper through it? Can I see daylight through it? And just get going. And, you know, that is one of the other nice things. Um yeah, I, I think there. hundred uh, percent. Like I think for many years, I was conditioned to believe that the lower the optic was to your bore, the more accurate the rifle was, yeah. which, you know, the 10, 12, 14, 16 year old version of me just held its truth. And then you realize, no, it actually really doesn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, certainly if we get to an extreme end of things, introducing cant is going to exacerbate, right? Mm-hmm. But really it comes down to fitment. So I'm crazy about just fit like i want that gun to drop in as as perfectly as possible and require that i don't lift my head move my head anywhere from my natural indexing position off the stock and truthfully i don't own a rifle right now with a, the ring systems that i typically run that is perfect that doesn't have either a raised comb or an adjustable cheek piece mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. is a concession and maybe i'm getting a little picky about it but gosh does it make a difference and, and repeatability, just like just like anchor points on your bows, make a huge difference in, in repeatability. Understanding where your anchor points are, being able to meet them and match them shot over shot over shot over shot, you'll be a better archer. And I feel the same way about a rifle. A well-fit gun is one that you manipulate the same way every time, and everything else just takes care of itself. Also, your experience with the optic is more pleasurable, mm-hmm. which, which is a really big thing. Um I'm done ranting. Well, are you, you just though? no? I'm never going to stop. Nah, not un, not until every manufacturer has these sorted out. And it's like you end up. Oftentimes, you can make it work. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yep. But like I and I think there's some folks out there that don't even realize that they're making it work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just something to think about. Like, you, yeah. Instead of if you can make it so you're not fighting, mm-hmm. you know, getting that into the rifle scope to you know, execute that shot. Boy. Yep. Some people may wonder too, though, like, they, like, how do I know if I'm fighting it? You know, how do I know if I'm periscoping my head? How do I know? And it, it's, it's kind of a crummy answer, but like, you know, when you know, when you yep. get behind a gun that fits right, it feels good. Yep. Like when you get behind, even if it's a gun that you've been shooting and hunting for a long time, I got behind this Ruger American with its stop. Now there's a gen two now with, it appears some comb adjustability. Yeah. Um, right. But this Gen One Ruger American, I got behind this thing with this with this stock stock, you know, for years, and I was like, it's fine. I don't. What's wrong? And then finally, I put an adjustable cheek piece on it, and holy smokes, it was like, I A could I gun. could sit behind this gun for hours on end, yep. and ne- my neck would never get tired, my back wouldn't get tired, my shoulders wouldn't get tired, my eyes wouldn't get tired. This I I appreciated my scope a lot more. Yep. I was like, whoa. My scope actually looks better. Yep. I didn't change anything other than just getting my face in the right spot. My scope looks better. Yep. It's not blinking out. That's that's one of the big Jim asks, or Jim says, like, how do you know? You ever get behind your gun and you find it hard to get behind the optic? And yeah, it seems like it's always either. blinking out. Yeah. A lot of that's just fit. If it's set up correctly and that comb height matches the ring height in the center line of the mm-hmm. optic and positions your individual face behind it, your scope's not blinky. Yeah, and and everything is better about it. There For are, me, the biggest thing is just not having like feeling like I'm yeah, that kind of craning my neck yep. up 
and Ryan, you and I were working on a rifle, tried a couple mounting solutions with it. The first one I was going to try, I was like, oh, yeah, that'll work. And I was like, nope. Nope. And then we tried something different, got the optic lower. So, again, we were adjusting the optic height to accommodate the the low comb. The low comb. Mm -hmm. And and it still isn't perfect. It's it's very close, though. But it's not perfect. That Just like your bow, you pull that thing back and, bam, you are locked in. Your rifle should be the same. Mm-hmm. Back on combs. We have an example here of a slight raised cheek piece. And this, so this is a bump up in the comb height. This is not a ton. This is a Macmillan M40 or an HTG, non-adjustable. It's giving more of an illusion of bumping up because the comb also goes down slightly and then it bumps. Yeah, so it's it's got a little bit of a loft to it. It's it's probably right around a half of an inch of bump. Um, you'll hear these referred to as Monte Carlos. Uh, depending on how you define a Monte Carlo, you might disagree with that. I just call it a high comb, um, higher comb, because this also comes in varying degrees. Mark has a couple of manor stocks on the table, and they have um, comb heights in a high comb that are, are like the M40 from McMillan, and then they have some that are notably higher, mm-hmm. where it looks like we're getting almost like an inch of kickoff. We don't have one of those here for an example, but they all follow that kind of same form factor where you look behind the comb itself toward the heel of the stock, there's a, a distinct kind of depression or a drop down in it, and you mm-hmm. can see that raised cheek piece there. Um, this, in some instances on some of my rifles, is all I need to be perfect. Um, and sometimes it's not enough. I've never had it be too much. Does comb only refer to height, or can it refer to the width of the stock oh, width, as well? Width because as well. that's one thing that I have to play around with a lot. One of the argument, or one of the qualms that I had with this very stock here, the the Ruger's um, OEM stock, yep. was that it was so dang skinny. And that also, hmm. even if. Okay. Yep. Even if you were at the right height, it was actually hard to get consistently behind the gun because you couldn't get a good purchase on the stock yep. without being like right on almost a razor's edge. Yep. And, and then your like, face rolls to the left yeah, or to the right. Yeah. Yep. And so like this this stock here, this carbon fiber, is this a manner? Yeah. Uh this one I has a thicker mm-hmm. now it's it's much more boxy to look at. Yep. It's raised up higher. In fact, they had to make a little cutout so that you could still remove the bolt without having to like I mean, remove the action practically from the stock. Um, but it's thicker. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I don't know if that's a thing because, like, I have a narrow face shape. If, like, I need a little bit thicker uh, stock to kind of be comfortable with, and, and maybe there are other people who actually prefer the thinner stocks, but that I find to be another... Uh, annoyance. Another annoyance or thing that I have to look for. Like, mm-hmm. I have to look for something that's a little bit more substantial, and I, I basically just require adjustability to now but like um you look at man when i put this thing on here like this bradley cheek rest which i know i i've talked about many times my boy brad uh (laughs) but it it significantly widened the stock and it raised it up and oh so nice so you look at a lot of rifles of yours especially those produced um with wood stocks and they would have that kind of distinct cheek piece carved into the stock where you you have the sidewalls of the stock itself but on a right-handed gun for a right-handed shooter on the left side of the stock would be some people call them a pancake mm-hmm. um, or just a defined cheek piece that kicks up off the stock. And, yeah. and that's that's adding, one, another anchor point that you can reference and two, more material there to help align your head with it. I, I'm seeing less and less of that now except for some molded stocks that are out there. Actually, Manners and McMillan both have an ultralight hunting op- option uh, in their line 
that incorporate that cheek piece. And I think exactly because those stocks are so light and so narrow, that cheek piece is a requirement for proper fitment. Mm-hmm. And some people think that they're ugly or, or not clean or antiquated, but it is functional. Yeah. So great segue into this next style of stock, which traces its origins. You, you pick whose stock manufacturer you want to say started it, but this what I start to call a full feature or tactical style rifle stock. Ignoring the grip profile, which is nearly vertical, as Jim had mentioned, it's a much boxier, higher square comb. Um, even even higher, if we were to take measurements from the flat, higher than the Macmillan uh, M40 on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks a lot like the original um, like M40A3 stock, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, where, they, where they took a departure from the M40A1. Vertical grip again, and then that much higher cheek piece. And even then, sometimes not high enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a couple of these on a couple of different rifles, or have used them on a couple of different rifles, and found it still wasn't enough comb to position me, even with the lowest set really? of rings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just That's think, surprising to me. Like, no. if you're going to go with that stock, and, and people get so weight conscious, and I, I guess it's, it's a thing. But, like, with that stock, if you're going to go with that boxy of a contour... And you've gotten into the bigger, beefier grip, vertical grip. You know, you've yep. gone into all the stuff that you want with a more fully featured stock. Just put an adjustable, you know, yeah. cheek piece on it, just just to be safe. I, I like. I don't disagree, but also I would say like every gun that I've put to my shoulder that had that stock on to on it was like butter for me. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, it fit absolutely perfect. You That's, know, so I think it's yeah. going to depend on it depends on the, the shooter, person like, a little bit too. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what are you trying to accomplish? It's like, I don't disagree, but you can kind of like a little bit more yourself to death to where yeah. all of a sudden you have a lot more. That stock to me fits a very sweet spot of all those features that we're talking about yeah. with a very nominal weight penalty. And, that's and it'll fair. depend on the action. you just have to have Mark's face exactly for it to work. I disagree. I which think I that's going to work for people, a lot of people. I bet a lot of people would love your face, Mark. Very no, average, and very I'm not, average face, I'm, I'm Jim. I'm not I've been getting told all that. Hannibal Lecter on you or anything. Mm. It's not like they want to mm. wear your face. Fava beans. Sorry, I, all, all I can, all I can picture is that episode of The Office when Dwight we're, puts the <laughs> the CPR doll's face. We were, did we talk about that we on the podcast the about, other day? Well, no, we were out. It was the pre-roll. Oh, okay. Good. Now, now we're doing an on-roll. To Mark's statement, though, everybody will be different, and so this stock design, its dimensions, I have had on a Tika rifle, which has one of the most fantastic low-profile receivers possible, using the lowest set of direct-to-receiver rings I can with an optic that has a small objective diameter and a small eyepiece, so I can really drop it. It's still too low, the comb height. still mm. too low. Mm. It, it is not significantly different than the relationship I have between my Viper HS 2.5 to 10 on my Kimber, yeah. which, which is as minimal a dimensioned rifle as possible. You've got a more narrow face like me. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that's probably partly it. Is everybody that like, is going to be different on this. Yeah. You know, like when you shop for motorcycle helmets, uh, and I actually think I talked to a guy from uh, Revzilla once who's a big Vortex fan. So shout out to um, that gentleman there. Uh, but when you look at like motorcycle helmets, a lot of times they'll talk like different brands and different models yep. within brands will be designed to fit like intermediate oval shapes or like round head shapes, stuff yep. like that. It makes you wonder like with stock designers, if they're not going to make it adjustable, like they need to yeah. tell you what face shape right. yeah. their, their stock fits yeah. best. Because like if they said, hey, this works for like a slightly more rounded head shape, 
versus your intermediate oval or like a narrow face shape. That would be kind of interesting to see. I but I do feel like you know there are people who can just get behind any one of these fixed comb stocks and just fits. And, and they may have they may have a higher tolerance for the discrepancies, right? Mm-hmm. It's like my hunting partner. He'd grab this privateer stock and he'd be like, "Oh, it's perfect." Yeah. And he'd maybe look at something like this and be like, "That comb's a little too high." Maybe. But mm-hmm. his face is different than, than yeah. mine. Well, then you wonder if, if you do have a little bit more, you know, substance to your face, <laughs> there might be a uh, a level of adjustability in your face too. Like, oh, just a little more pressure and I'm in, or alleviate a little bit of pressure and, there you know, you're accommodating You don't that. need an adjustable comb. You need an adjustable face. I am of the opinion that the you face should. Is very, anyone's the face is, can be elastic. Anyone's gym. face is adjustable if you hit hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the opinion that you should... You should bring it to your your face. That comb should rest on your sinus on the top, like underneath where the like the maxilla meets the sinus bump out, and done. Where the snout there sh- pulls. There should be no pushing. There should be no lifting. It should. I just, mean, ideally, yes. yes. Um, which brings us to our final stock design, and that's what you've been talking about the whole time, Jim. Is just an adjustable chickpea stock. Um, here again, I have another McMillan pattern. Uh, this is their adjustable game scout, which is a neat stock. Um, I used this for several years. I took it off because it's a little bit on the porky side, and I personally cannot stand a vertical grip presentation on a hunting rifle. Mm. Um, but the comb is adjustable in height. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I can crank this thing up to wherever I need it to be on the fly and make that sit. And you can see I also have some offset in the cheek piece. So mm-hmm. it's a two it's a two axis adjustable stock. I can go vertical and I can go horizontal with the cheek piece on it. And what I did basically is with the gun in a standing position, I would bring it up, present arms, look through the optic. Nope, need to go higher, need to go higher, need to go higher. I got my height set perfect. And then I set my offset for the cheek piece and just absolutely nailed the spot that I loved. And I, I really, really, really did enjoy using the stock, save for that that uh, vertical grip presentation. Um, I love them. Yeah, I mean, every everybody's different. different. Yeah, everybody is different with it. Um, and, you know, be that as it may, the comb was perfect, and I absolutely loved it. The mechanism is a little bit on the heavy side, and if you feel the stock, it is an edge fill, so it's McMillan's lightest. The back end of this thing is like a splitting ball, and it, it feels significantly heavier than the rest of the stock itself. Oh, like, yeah. And I mean, it's definitely weighted that way. But when you put an action in it with a barrel out there, I mean, it might... It balanced well. Sometimes you can have it where, you, you know, like your stock is so light that it's it's really front heavy, which maybe, maybe not a bad thing. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, you know... You're, you're going to end up with give and take everywhere, right? Yeah. For, for me personally, now what I've tried to standardize within my own line is this style of stock, kind of an English, more open English style pistol grip, um... I'll amend the comb heights with a couple of different devices that you can purchase aftermarket to just absolutely nail. Um, or I get a stock that looks like this, feels like this, is adjustable, mm-hmm. which which they do make. Um, yeah. So, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, you brought up the fact that there are things that you mm-hmm. can use to amend the comb height without having to go and get a new stock. Yes. Which, going and getting a new stock isn't necessarily all, like... You know, we've seen people install stocks incorrectly, and then it actually causes issues. You, oh, it makes things worse. A very, uh, uh, a very, oh, what's the word? Like, 
strict ritual with how you put stocks on guns I know and it and it usually works well uh, but you can't just necessarily slap them on and expect everything to work but like you know something along this line I don't know what are all the options you've used I know that there's many it's just I've used the Bradleys in the past yep. um the uh, Bradley Cheekrest because uh, they are, they themselves are adjustable but they strap on with three velcro straps and then you can turn pretty much any traditional sporter stock into an adjustable stock you know it's it's a thing that you literally have you know basically velcro strapped onto your rifle so you know whether or not you're into that you know, I don't know, but I use this in multiple vortex. <laughs> I, don't know if you're into I don't know if you're into strap-ons, but uh, it just had to be said. I was trying to avoid it, but uh, <laughs> I wish you had. <laughs> I, cu- I couldn't. I cu- it just was it was lingering We're in there. the back of my head. I was like, how have I not? Let's just say it. Let's just get it out there. But anyway, I use this in multiple vortex extremes, a couple different hunts. It never got in the way. No, I think they're an awesome cheek piece. They're relatively lightweight for as much material as as there are. There's, mm-hmm. there's five positions. Tidex. Yeah. There's five positions of height adjustment on a Bradley. When you look at them, there's two screws on either side, four in total. So you can remove the top cheek piece itself and run a subtle bump. It's about three-eighths of an inch um, of comb height raising with with just kind of, I don't know if we'll call it the chassis of the thing. the base. And then you can put the additional cheek riser on there with four other slots in it. And I've run these on shotguns. Uh, I've run them on rifles. I think they're fantastic. They're... more premium priced they're extremely well built like they are their fit and finish is tops and so and you can swap them around easy yep they're they're not inexpensive but for what you're getting it's it's a no drill option it's a non-permanent solution it's not going to scratch your stock up it's not going to mar it up or anything like that Um, and they make them in a variety of different configurations and also for different guns that have different geometry Another one that I'm a big fan of is from a company called Matthews Fabrication or Matt's Fab. And this is a drill option. It is simply a Kydex cheek piece that has two slots on either side of it. You drill two holes through your stock. You put some, um, I don't know if we'll call oh. them compression fittings in there or, uh, you know, little struts or, or towers or pillars. And then you run a through bolt that will either be um, just a, a socket head cap screw with like a flange on it or a thumb wheel that will allow you to raise and lower that cheek position and lock it in place. Those are actually pretty cool looking. Yeah, and they finish quite nicely. Like when you get them in, you can definitely tell you have an auxiliary cheek piece on the gun, but when they're like buttoned up and and tensioned, they look very clean. Um, And I know that's, you know, aesthetics are not necessarily what wins the race here, but for a lot of people, because these things are, you know, an investment, you know, you want your thing to look nice. Um, either one of those, the Matt's Fab or or the uh, Bradley Cheekrest, outstanding, low cost, low impact to install options. Um, another one that I've used quite a bit is from a company called God A Grip, and it is literally a sorbethane stick-on cheek piece. Mm-hmm. And they make them for a whole bunch of their die cut. They've got them for different AR stocks. So if you run like a like a Magpul PRS, or if you run an Ergo F93 or a Magpul ACSL. Um, or I like to use the shotgunner's wedge, and I use it on not only rifles but also shotguns. You just literally stick it on there. Um, bonkers tough. Uh, my, my biggest testament to that one is I ran, when I used to shoot manual class in tactical shotgun um, competition, I had one on my Nova. And I have no idea how many seasons of tactical shotgun and three-gun I ran that thing in. It has never torn 
gotten a, a pocket in it. It's never degraded over time. Bonkers tough. Very inexpensive. Um, not perfect for everything. Um, mm-hmm. They make them in a couple of different thicknesses, so you kind of got to figure that out. Um, and then one final one that I'm really quite intrigued with, and I almost bought one just for this episode, but I just don't have a rifle it fits on perfectly yet, is from a company in Sweden called Calix Technic. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a small, it's about a four-ounce precision machined aluminum block that would effectively be the same mechanism found or similar mechanism in this Macmillan where you would through, depending on your stock, they have two models. They have a CR1 and a CR2. They would make one for this Ruger in the CR2. You'll remove the butt plate or the Mm -hmm. uh, recoil pad. You actually put the assembly inside of the stock. There's, I believe, three holes that you have to drill, one perpendicular to the stock and then two into the comb to allow the struts to come down from the cheek piece into it. And you end up with this brilliantly finished, super clean, extremely European adjustable cheek piece. Um, and they are, they're beautiful. I'm interested. Oh, they're lovely. Sounds cool. Yes. Um, not terrible to install. It's not going to be like a huge run around to do it. They actually send a little template that you stick to the stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got like a whole smattering of models that they'll fit. Um, and they're not obtrusively heavy at four ounces. It's not terrible. Um, and they fit fantastic inside of a lot of these modern rifles that have just a molded stock, whether it's a Tika or a Ruger American or a Winchester XPR, or Browning AB3, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if there's a cavity on the inside of the stock, you can do it. Um, their other model... What's the, do you know what the general cost is? About 150 U.S. Okay. Um, their other model could be used on carbon fiber stocks or, I think most notably, wood stocks, where you're actually going to be doing a little bit of shop class work. So if you could imagine this stock... Are we un- milling? Yeah. You mm-hmm. could imagine this stock uncut. You would make a cutout of the, the cheek piece component out of your stock. You would pocket cut for the guts the mechanism to sit down in there bed or secure glue that in place you have a through hole to allow the um, tension knob to function and then you would inlet the cheek piece components into the wood stock so in the collapse position it looks very clean it looks like there's almost nothing there except for this knob sticking out of the side mm-hmm. of your wood stock you can then adjust your wood stock up and then you have that raised cheek piece and that's very clever I, I haven't picked up a wood gun yet that I'm like, yep, I'm definitely putting one of those Calyx Technics in there, but I would. I can think of every wood stocked gun that I have, I would have a very difficult time cutting into it. I would agree. That would be one for me where... I'll do it. <laughs> if I was... I'll let you know how it goes. If On I was, my gun? Not your gun, Mark. <laughs> if I was having a wood stock <laughs> built... Give me your gun. Here's your gun back. <laughs> If I was having a woodstock built, um, depending on what kind of rifle it was, how it was going to lay out, what I was going to do with it, that would be something I would have my stock maker do for me, <laughs> probably. Um, but I just I don't have one right now that screams, do that. But uh, the other model, the the insertable one that would work with a molded stock, that I'm all about. Hmm. Next he could build. Hmm. Which is coming. I think that's it a great is, idea. Huh? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. You'll have one. You're not stealing my idea, are you? No. That's good because you still don't know what my idea is because no. I keep changing my mind on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that right now we have three different Tika ideas 
brewing between the three of us. Well, I still have yet to confirm nor deny whether mine's going to be a Tiga, but... Oh, okay. We'll I get him there. Th- I thought we'll get him there. Yeah, you should do that. I still don't Come own on, a Tika. It's kind of an everybody's, unfortunate everybody's thing. Everybody's doing Ruger it. Ruger just came out with a Gen 2 American. How He's, do you not oh expect me to be all over that like a tick on a hound dog? Jim texted us last night late. Gen 2 American. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a lot of American Eagle, uh, excuse me, Bald Eagle uh, gifts along yes. with that. Yes. And that's all I got to say about comb heights. Again, manufacturers, please make your comb heights correctly. <sighs> And if you're sitting there behind a rifle scope struggling with it, and you're wondering why, fit might be the simplest solution. Oh, yeah. And it's like unlocking a whole different tier of performance out of your rifle scope. You may be utilizing your rifle scope and even thinking it's perfectly fine at 80% of its capacity, or maybe even less. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you get it fit right, ooh, ooh, I've shiver me timbers. I've laid prone, you know, you're waiting for an animal to get up or something like that for extended periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Behind um, various styles of rifles, you know, some with a higher comb, some with not so high of a comb, and the difference that it does make when you are just comfortable and relaxed and resting there the entire time, it can be monumental. Mm-hmm. Yes, you just, you don't get fatigued. You're, you're just you can stay in the gun. You're just like more mentally focused. Um, yeah, it can make a big deal. Bingo. But I still like a sport style stock too. We make know. make comb heights great again, <laughs> or just for the first time. There you have it, comb height. Like Ryan said, if you've been, if you think you might have been fighting it, or some of this conversation makes you that light bulb go off and go, "Holy mackerel, I've been fighting it." Mm. Consider uh, consider a new stock. Consider a new rifle, which would have a new stock on it. That's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's some aftermarket options that we talked about, too. So lots of ways to skin the comb height cat. <laughs> He's good. But you can certainly do it. And also, like you said, wait, just oftentimes it wouldn't take just Sometimes just it's an eighth of an inch. A little bit. Just a hair. Just a little bit. So, All right. Well, I'm sorry my intro didn't work out, everybody. I don't comb my hair. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Mark. Uh, let us know your thoughts on comb height. And Ryan's hair. We'll catch you on the next one. See you.